Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are the blended life. Barely. <laughs> Living our best life, as you can see. Oh. <laughs> Tonight's topics are... Okay, we're going to talk about marriage tonight. Okay, well, at least ours is going good at the moment. <laughs> she looks at me like that. We do have a podcast to get through, though. <laughs> I know. If it'll let us. Technical difficulties yeah. as usual. So yeah, we're just going to dive in and this this podcast really is all about marriage, creating boundaries around marriage, okay. making your rules. We should have brought a bunch of sand, put it on the table and we'll just draw lines in it as we go. That kind of rules. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me nervous to talk about this stuff because I don't want to fight with you. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into it. All right. So it's interesting. We had... Um, a bunch of write-ins on this topic this week, so it kind of works that we're not jumping all over the place. Okay. So, um, what is a marriage in a blended family? There's going to be 20 questions in question number one, so <laughs> I don't know. Do we just start there? <laughs> I'll go keep going, and you can get to what this person's trying to ask. Okay. Okay, yeah, so yeah. what is a marriage in a blended family? How do you define it? What does it look like and mean? How much is shared? How much say does each other have? Yes. Oh, because <laughs> well, these because these aren't numbered, so I'm like, where does the next question start? Oh, sorry. Um, how is the line drawn between shared parenting of all the children and the bio parent having the final say? Yes. So that's all one question. <laughs> well, I mean, it's... You get where they're going, though, yeah? I totally do. Um, because a marriage is supposed to be <laughs> something different than what you see in blended families. Right. So this is one of those things that's like, let's just make this sh- podcast short and easy, and I'll shut it down and be like, you know what? It's really, it's as much as you want it to be. How much you want to share, how much you want to give, how much you want to take, how much you want it to be yours, theirs, or ours. It's kind of up to you and your spouse to really make it your own. I mean, this is your chance to improve on what you did or didn't do on your last relationship, kind of find yourself and do better. And I mean, that's really, at the end of the day, that's why we're here, right? To do better. I mean, that's why <laughs> What? it's going to be one of those shows, you guys. <laughs> No, I agree to do better. Yeah. 
Uh, any advice? <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, do you really think that? <laughs> she's literally, if you guys are only watching, if you guys I'm are sorry, only listening to us. It is really hard right she's now. She's sitting here with her hands in her jacket pocket, like so over it. Not uh, to, It doesn't help that she woke up with a, like a headache this morning. It's been a day. It has been a day. Um, it's a good day though. Well, I think what she's trying to ask is, how does a marriage in a blended family look different than a marriage not in a blended family? In a nuclear family. Yeah, right. And I would say it shouldn't look different. No, and that's the point. <laughs> it shouldn't. And it's, again, yeah. it's yours to create to look however you want it to look. It's yours to be whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. If you want it to look like it, ne- like nothing ever happened, this is a 100% biological nuclear family, this is us. And that's the way I feel like they should be. I know it's harder. It's easier said than done, right? It's such a hard thing to do. But if that's what you want, go for it. Like, make that image be yours. Like, you know, make this the best. What's, what's the saying? Be the best you you can be <laughs> in the army. Yeah. I think that this is why it's super important not to jump into things because mm-hmm. you may want that. Right. But your spouse may truly not want that. Right. And so, um, but I think ideally your a marriage in a blended family and a marriage outside of a blended family shouldn't look much different, right? We didn't take special married or blended, <laughs> blended family. family marriage vows, right? We right. didn't take like, people do do that. And if that's you, great. But you just say do-do. Do-do. When you get married, you write your wedding vows or you agree to what wedding vows are being spoken in your ceremony. Some people do very traditional. Some people don't. Um, And I think that that matters. You're saying vows. So I would go back to your wedding vows. That's what I was just about to suggest. I'm like, that's totally sparking me off. Yeah, (laughs) you're sparking me off over here, you guys. Um, No, but really, like, yeah, you want to know what you want your wedding or what you want your marriage to look like? Like Julie's saying right now, like you totally took the words right out of my mouth. Like that is, (laughs) go back to your wedding vows, yours, your wife's, your husband's, um, (laughs) and read them and be like, what did we vow to one another? What do we vow? Do we vow under God? Do we vow to one another? Do, you know, what did our wedding vows look like? And stick true to those, right? Yeah, I think that people think it's really silly to pull your wedding video out. I would like a wedding video someday. <laughs> P.S. My videographer husband. Um, I But I think it's cool to watch your wedding video once a year and to watch yourself take those vows. It's it's a good reminder, you know, we put our wedding videos away and never revisit them until 10 years down the road, but it's it's a good thing to watch with your spouse and see what you said to each other and even how you look to each other, you know, or looked at each other, I guess, and that moment is so meaningful, powerful, monumental. Monumental. There you go. Um <laughs> That it's important to look back on that and to revisit that and to remind yourself because life's hard, blended family or not, things get thrown your way, especially 2021, right? This year hasn't been much different than last in California anyway. So I think that it's important to go back and remind yourself and um, that's a hard one though. I get like, so she brings up 
by a parent having final say? And where's the line with, you know, we're trying to parent all the kids. Right. But then how does that, and that's like her second question, but which we'll get to, okay. but, you know, how much say does the other person have? Well, I think that's a boundary you set up long before you get married or at least talk about what does this look like when we're parenting each other's kids? What does discipline look like when we're disciplining each other's kids? What are your boundaries around that? Um, And these are conversations if you haven't had them with your spouse and you kind of just been like a lot of our relationship, I feel like we just let things happen. Like we didn't have a lot of conversations. We should have. We should have. Now we learn. If we would have listened to ourselves, <laughs> what is that? Back to the future? <laughs> like how do how do we get? Yeah, back if to we that? can get back in the DeLorean and go back, you have a DeLorean. Yeah, you probably can't drive it. <laughs> it's probably a manual. <laughs> see what I Anyways. mean when I say we hadn't entered the podcast yet, and we'll see how our marriage is at the end. I'm just kidding. But um, you know, I think that you can define your marriage however you want, right? like Eric was saying, but I think that you need to have the tough conversations and a huge part of marriage in any relationship is communication. So I think no matter what kind of marriage you have, it will die or succeed on communication. So have very specific talks about very specific goals or, you know, situations or, um, and that looks different for every family. You know, we do it differently probably than anyone else does it. And it doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just you find your own path because there's so many personalities at play and the exes, they're all different and everyone's got different custody arrangements and mediations and like backstory and pain and back. Like it's just, there's no right way or one answer. What's important to you? What's important to your spouse? What's important to you guys as a couple, as a family, as your dogs are growling and wrestling? Um, Yeah, and Brooke Brooke just wrote in, hey girl, she says to look at your vows before you get married. Yeah, know what you're agreeing to, right? Don't just go up there and (laughs) looks like you're giving me a blowjob. Sorry, I'm taking (laughs) off the dog's collar because they're sitting here. Um, playing and arguing, but yeah, like look at your vows, know what you're agreeing to. And that is the kind of marriage that you should hold each other to. It's funny because I feel like the only vow that people get divorced over and is like a legit divorce is adultery, right? Like you're going to not cheat on me. And I don't, it's not cheating part of the vows. I don't know if anyone actually ever says that in a vow. (laughs) No but fornication feel, with other people that aren't your spouse. Yeah, but that's like so. In to me, in a in a marriage, that's like the golden rule. You that, know, that's that, the only that vow people that we put hold up people on a to. pedestal. Just like in life, like oh, if you yeah. kill someone, like if you commit murder, that's like the ultimate price. You know, but people don't look all the way down the chain to you know, no, all the you know what you consider more petty stuff, mm-hmm. but all of that. Mm-hmm. adds up mm-hmm. like it all wears down mm-hmm. just like you know the three strikes rule you know if you look at it like that I mean and I think that is a really good reason why um, faith and the bible are a great thing for a marriage because it does lay all that stuff out you know I mean we really have a rule book not to get all super religious on everyone but we really do have a rule book a handbook of how we're supposed to be how we're supposed to live and I mean if you tr- if you take that truly seriously like 
you kind of can't go wrong if you live if you live by the law. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I mean that is a huge part of I mean marriage. A lot of vows are faith based, whether you are or not. But if you are a faith based couple, right? Religion plays a huge part. And I will say when we're talking about blended families, and this isn't not a popular. I get a lot of backlash when I say this, but whatever. Whatever. People hate me. Um, they love you. They, mm, I um, love you. Yeah, they, I love you. Yeah, see? Look, our podcast is going so well. But in our faith, we're Christian, right? We believe, and it's biblical, that it goes God first, marriage second, children under marriage. and Where do the exes come in? <laughs> anyways so anyway and so that directs how eric and i kind of try to protect our marriage and insulate it by following that like hierarchy right so our marriage and that is something that maybe in our past marriages we didn't follow and it didn't work so i think that in a blended family it's important in a blended family because people do it differently. People will go kids before spouse. And there's all kinds of arguments for that, right? right. The kids were there before the spouse, <laughs> right? you know, and my kids, like I've gotten called out on this so many, like my kids are going to come first. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Good luck. I hope that works <laughs> out for you. you Good know? luck. 70 percenter. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, not it. It can work. I don't want to say there's not one way that right. is, although I would say, anyway, there's lots of different ways you can do blended family. But when you're talking about, it gets confusing when you have kids before you get married. It gets confusing when the kids aren't yours. And blended family and marriage is a very confusing situation unless you have an agreeance right. that this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do God. We're going to do our marriage. And then our kids come after and we live like that and we're able, it's effing hard. All of it's hard. I mean, there's people, what's that? Anyways, keep going. But we can sort it out that way. Yeah, of course. What's that silly show that you watch where the guy's got like 20 wives and they all live in different like. Oh, sister wives. But you know what I mean? Like, so, so people like talk about being a hard way of living, but people make it work. You know, if that's, if that's your prerogative, if that's the way that you want to you be and that's the mm-hmm. way you and your wife or your wives have mm-hmm. taken your vows and that's the way that you're gonna live like make it work but but make it true to you mm-hmm. and your blended family but you know it, you got to be on board with with your yeah, husband yeah and, wife. And, and I think you have to not bring your blended family into your marriage as far as like defining what your marriage should be your marriage should be a standalone thing regardless of if you're blended or not and um, one thing that in Brooks say, like Brooks saying it in our Instagram chat, if you're there, but so we're Christian, we believe in the Bible. So we, there's a, there's a scripture that people love to say where it's like wives submit to your husbands. Right. And that, that, that verse gets pulled out and that verse just gets ripped to shreds by feminists and like, but nobody reads the verse before that verse. Right, we just pull out that verse, wives submit to your husbands, and everyone's like, "Fuck that!" and <laughs> "Bullshit!" and <laughs> "Women's rights!" Equality, and "Equality yeah. matter." You know, like people lose their shit over that verse, truly. And it's like, well, read the first, read the verse before that, like right before that verse, right? 
It says, husbands, love your wives like Like Jesus Jesus loves a church. Yeah. And here's the deal. If um like if you're if you know about Christianity and you know Jesus's walk and Jesus's role in the church, if your husband truly loved you and honored and respected you like Jesus loved the church, submitting to your husband isn't a scary thing. It's not going to be abused, it's not going to put you down, it's not you're not under his thumb because he would never do that. Like that is, so that verse about wives submit to your husbands taken so out of context, but see what, what the Bible and, and what we adhere to in our marriage is, it's like a perfect circle, right? Like husbands are going to love and protect their wives like Jesus loved the church and that he never harmed, he never did anything but took care and protected, right? And if you had somebody who loved you so much, who put you first to that was their purpose and they would never harm you and they care about you. Like that was his purpose in life, right? Was the church. And if you were loved like that, you know, then submitting to your husband isn't scary, isn't bad, isn't wrong. You know, the two complement each other and the two are equally sacrificing, right? Loving a wife, like Jesus loved the church is a really sacrificial thing. Right, you're giving up a lot. You're denying yourself a lot. Or are you? I mean, yeah, you can't go stick it in the next hoe down the street. No, no, but I don't mean it like that. <laughs> but right. like, yes, like your time, right? Like you're making choices that, you know, financial decisions you're making differently, career decisions, right. living situations, friend situations. Like you are denying yourself on some respects and same with what like you both are giving a hundred percent of yourselves right and meeting each other's needs the way men need their needs met and women needs need have our needs and we have to have them met a certain way and it's different and that's like a perfect I don't know so that also I would say you know you have to separate your marriage out from just being like a like stop labeling it as a blended family marriage you know, just marriage regardless. Well, and I think a lot of it's taken out of context these days too. The way our society is, when you hear the word submit, you, you I think the way our society mm-hmm. translates that now is it's very demeaning. much, well, it's demeaning, but it's completely letting go of everything. And that's not the way that it's supposed to be. And it's really funny that we're talking on this topic because yesterday I had a meeting with a real estate agent who I work with. And we talked about this subject for probably 10, 15 minutes of our conversation. She's a, she's a, you know, a believer, um, very faith-based. Um, their family is, they're a blended family, but they've been together for a really long time. But it's kind of funny how these things, these topics get put on you. And we were literally talking about this exact same thing. I had no idea this was coming. Um, but just how submitting um, to your husband does not have to be a bad thing. It doesn't even mean that he runs with all the power. He's the hierarchy of the family. It just, it's a comp, like you're saying, it's a complimentary thing where it just helps everything work. It, you know, um, kind of a, a, a weird, um, comparison, but a good obedient dog. And again, not, no trans, no, 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 um, what do I say? I'm just going to sit at back at this point and let you go. No, but you, you, 
you a good dog is obedient, right? And I'm not and I'm not correlating wives and dogs or masters and and men um, like that. But a good dog is obedient, but doesn't mean as the dog's master, it's dog the dog's mommy or daddy. We take advantage of our dogs. We don't hurt our dogs. We don't um, do things to our dogs to hurt them. Yet they are obedient. Does that make sense? So therefore, like in a marriage, whether we're obedient to one another and we submit, you know, however that's working out, there shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, a, like you're saying, a scary thing. It shouldn't no. be an abusive thing at all. Yeah. It should only be something that is going to help your marriage. And that's what it's designed for. Yeah. And really, Jesus submitted his entire life to the church. 100%. <laughs> so, 100%. I mean, I guess the word submitted isn't used in the in the verse beforehand, but when you live for something, what are you doing? If you're loving, you know, if you look at Jesus and you want to break it down that he loved it, you know, husbands love your wives like Jesus loved the church. Well, Jesus gave his entire, he laid down his life for the church, for the people, right? Would your husband lay down their life for you? I sure hope so. Is that submitting? Is that sacrificing? Hell Yeah. Do we deserve that as wives? Absolutely. I mean, yes. And husbands deserve, you know, the same in return. I think the wording's a little off, but it's different. But I think that if you look at it and really understand the nature of it. So I feel like that is where you need to, you need to decide what marriage means to you and your husband. You need to have those conversations like, how are we going to live out our marriage? Where does our marriage fall you know, in our hierarchy of life, what are we willing to do to protect our marriage? You know, because without the marriage, the blended family falls apart. There is no blended family. If your marriage splits up, the blended family ceases to exist. So therefore, it stands to reason the most important relationship in your blended family is you and your spouse. And that's the one that deserves the most attention and protection. And you fight for it every day. Um, and your kids are with you a very short, not that you, and people are going to rip me an asshole for this. Yes, you, you don't dismiss your kids. You don't not show up for your kids. You don't, your kids are your heart, right? You love your kids more than life. Great. You should. It doesn't mean that you have to choose your spouse or your kids. It's your spouse and your kids. And people get that very mixed up. It's like, I have to choose one or the other. Like, I'm always yeah, in this it's not spot. A, it's not a one or the other. It's not it's an just or a, situation. It's an it's and. It's just an order. Yeah. You know, it is spouse and kids. It doesn't mean that you disregard your kids and throw them to the side. No, of course you meet your kids' needs. But you understand that your kids' lives and your life is temporary as far as housing, clothing, feeding, caring, right? They're going to grow up and move on as they should. Your spouse is with you for eternity, supposedly, or, you know, whatever. So, um, but I think before you even get to the tit for tat, I said tit. And you said doo-doo. And I said doo-doo. One of them shows, you guys. One of them shows. <clears throat> so, I think before you can even start talking about mine, hers, all the things that we're going to discuss now, you really have to define what marriage means to you and your husband. Is it faith-based? What were the vows? 
Maybe you have like a little recommitment ceremony in your bedroom and, you know, just between (laughs) your bedroom. We're going to recommit later. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, maybe you guys like maybe you didn't really take full stock in what you were saying. I'm going to recommit you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving on. So. um, So how much is shared in a marriage? Everything is shared in a marriage. Yeah. And again, that's marriage. Yeah. It's as much as you're willing to give, which should be all. But. Should there be secrets? No, no there should not, there should be, not secrets. be You should You should be able to do anything in your social life, in your private life, in your social media life that can be shared with your spouse. And I think that is one thing that gets misconstrued a lot, especially in blended families, because there has been a big divide. And now we're coming back together um, when we rejoin and we're, we're more married. But I think a lot of people get misconstrued i see in like the family situation where mom tells you something um that you're not supposed to tell anyone you know or a best friend tells you something that you're not supposed to tell anyone and you share that with your spouse and i think a lot of people hold people to secrecy like that but when i tell a friend something or a friend tells me something i'm expecting that they're going to share that with their spouse and vice versa you know if i'm having a conversation with my mom She's like, oh, don't tell anyone. I'm expecting that she understands that when she's telling me, she's telling my wife also. Like, we are a unit. There is no secrets between us. There's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think, again, in our society, that secrecy has been turned into such a thing that breaks so much trust and friendships. And um, people just don't include, when when someone's married, they don't, look at someone as a, a dual individual, like a, a husband and wife, a unit. Mm-hmm. They look at them as individuals because it's not as sacred as it maybe once was. You know, I mean, it is to some people, but um, I don't know. If we start looking at things like that, I feel like it might it might go a little better. I don't know. That's a little no, I love that. Mine, but it's something That's I was just really kind of thinking good. of. That was one of the most brilliant things you said. <sighs> All day. Ever. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Look at me, you guys. I'm a big boy. And I also think like stuff that's shared. Yes, you share information with your spouse. So um, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. No secret meetings with the ex, right? No secrets with your, you know, even your children like have to understand that there's not a boundary that separates you and your spouse. You know, children need to understand that they're are no secrets between you and your spouse as well. It, that does get misconstrued. I and mean, that's actually, that's a that's a big point right there. Because, for instance, I'm not going to say which child, but one of our children a few weeks ago said, I have a crush on someone. And one of us overheard it. And then the other one later, we were talking about it. It came up. And then one of us said, oh, did they tell you? And it was like, no. We heard, we overheard. So when a kid comes to you in confidence, uh, say my child comes to me in confidence, my child should start understanding that if if um, he or she tells me something, that he's not just telling me, he's telling both of us, right? And I think in a blended family, you know, if a child comes to you and they tell you a secret, they should expect that it's going to be said to both of us. And I think in blended families, that does get misconstrued Mm -hmm. because it's like, mom, I told you that, you know, as a secret, 
why does he know now, you know, and vice versa. And it's so much easier to do in a blended family than it would in a biological family. Yeah. And I think that that when kids, because at first kids are pissed about this, right? Like you told a secret and that's between, because kids are still on the divided train, right? The separate, his kids, her kids, us versus them. And I think that you break down those barriers by we're a unit, we're a team, and you live that in all areas of life, right? You live that sharing information, you live that financially, you live that, um, you live it out, you just share everything. So um, how much say does each other have? Again, like that should be that should be something that's divi- that's that's decided that's hard by- because if one person says yes one person says no well then hey then it's not- i always say the person who says no wins right but also like it doesn't it doesn't and it probably isn't always going to be even and that's kind of life and i and i think again i'm going off on a society tangent today but that is just kind of our society everyone wins everything's 50-50 everyone gets equals and like <laughs> ladies and gentlemen that's not the way it is like in our marriage you and I are not always 50-50 and I know that we say let's be 100 100 we're not always that and I'm not talking I'm not talking just financial I'm not talking just love I'm not talking just um you know who's right and who's wrong who's right who's wrong um attention you know, it's always going to change. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's what you feel. It's like, you know, are, are, are we are we complimenting one another? Are we carrying one another? Are we helping one another? It's all about being one another. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think in the end, you know, if we were to look at our marriage when we're 80, I would I would venture to say just knowing how we operate now. Mm-hmm. That it balanced out. Like sometimes you got your way. Sometimes I got my way. Um, But at the end of the day, at the end of our lives, I feel like it's a balance. Like, you know, and you have to care about the other person. So you may not want something, but they really, really do. And it's really important to them. And you're like, okay, it's really, I understand it's really important to you. Yeah. So I think it's about that as well and that's so that's funny that's kind of that's part of our conversation yesterday in this meeting is this agent told me um if her husband you know and her are having like yes she submits but she'll tell him this is a this is a hill i'm willing to die on and he's like all right i get it and he'll step back because he respects her he understands are are we going to utilize that (laughs) hey i'm like that's that's neat though but that is that's that is mm -hmm. submission that is respect Mm -hmm. that is communication Mm -hmm. and if you can do that if you can tell your husband or your wife that like look at this is a hill i'm willing to die on like Mm -hmm. i am all in about this i believe so truly about this Mm -hmm. and if you have a problem with that we need to have a serious conversation you know but if this is something you believe so truly in and it doesn't matter to me so much Mm -hmm. all right you have your way like yeah, I get, I, I get really it. Really matter to me that much. Yeah, exactly. So this is interesting that you're bringing that up because Brooke had sent me a. Um, she's like, you got to see this, and I might not have the words correct, but basically, a husband and wife have a rule mm-hmm. that before they have like conversations, mm-hmm. um, like if I wanted to talk to you about something, mm-hmm. you would tell me, okay, comfort or fix. 
Like, Mm -hmm. do you want comfort or do you want fix? Right. I've heard this before. Right. And then I would say, I want comfort. Mm -hmm. So then you're listening with an ear of like, you're not trying to fix it. Right. You're just listening to be like understanding and like, give me a hug or that's really hard. Like you're empathetic. Or if I'm like fix, you're like, okay, I'm going to help you because, and I think that's a really good tool because you don't know what your spouse is wanting when they're coming to you with something. And usually you pick the wrong one. Like you're trying to fix it and your wife's Especially like, us men. Yeah, your wife's like, fixing. I just need you to listen to me. I don't want you to fix it. Women are a lot like that. So I like that. Maybe we could start doing that. It's something that I learned <clears throat> the hard way in my first marriage. Really? Is that I was always trying to fix. Mm-hmm. And I heard something like that from a marriage counselor once that was like, um, I don't I don't think it was put exactly that same way, but it's learning to slow down and listen and not always be fixing. It's learning to listen to what you say and what you're bringing to me and not always trying to be fixing. And for us men, that's a very, very hard thing because we want everything to be right. We love you. We want to take care of you. We want everything to be fixed and perfect, right? So being able to stop and listen and let you vent and allow things to stay broken is such a hard place for for me at least where I'm like I always want to fix and make you whole again so anyways <laughs> get that creepy smile off your face and keep talking this is a, um, this is an audio show <laughs> yeah so comfort or fix that might be a good tool that you guys can use when you're communicating um, and it helps you feel cl- closer in your marriage because you're, you know, your spouse is going to give you, like, they're not mind reader. So by you defining you want something comfort or fixed, like, you want to be comforted or you want help fixing it, that really helps your spouse f- give you what they, what you need. Right? <laughs> yeah, unless you're like, unless you're you and they're like, I want to be comforted and fixed. <laughs> I want it all. It's <laughs> so true. That's what both. I'm saying. I'm like, we're getting nowhere. <laughs> I am not winning this. It's true. Yeah. Why not both? Yeah. Why not both? So that is true. Yeah. You have it. That's rough for you. I'm, I'm, I, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> shitty, but oh well, you're stuck. How does having the bio parent having the final say versus our home, we both have a say work? Or how are they separate? <laughs> I'm Okay, go. So another way to ask that is how is the line drawn between shared parenting of all the children in the home and the bio parent having the final say? It's a hard line. Like, yes, everyone's parent, we, in an idealistic family situation, blended family situation, everyone is all, you know, parents and everyone's all just were, you're trying to be a natural family. Like, yeah. But then at the end of the day, bio-parent does have the final say. So then that's confusing. Yeah. But that's like, that's like, that's pulling your executive decision-making here. And how often you use that and how you use that is going to dictate how you are viewed and how your relationship goes. Ultimately, if it's not used, your executive power is not used as often, it's, it's going to seem more of a mutual respect thing it's going to be more of a mutual decision but if every single time you're like man you you have all the you have all the say in the world and then you say and then i'm like nope that's not the way it's going to be after a while that that bridge wears down and it's just something that you're not going to cross very often 
Yeah. So I think that's something in your blended family that you and your spouse have to really talk about. Like, do we want a separate parenting household? Because sometimes, yes, I do. I want to lead. I want to have the final say with my kids. That's a re- like people really want that. Some parents are like, no, like I see the benefit of you and me and our differences and our parenting styles are different. And I think we benefit the kids more by both being able to parent our children. Like they get more when they have both of us versus just one of us. And so that's something that you really have to talk about with your spouse. And I like the, you use the term bridge because it's true. Like you guys can walk over and back and like, yes, go over and talk to stepmom. No, go talk to dad. Like there's a bridge there, but when you shatter that, um, kids can't even get over to the step parent and they learn that very quickly. They won't even come to stepmom or stepdad, right? They don't even like stepmom and stepdad aren't even an authority figure at that point because kids are very intuitive and smart and pick up on things. And so if you're always using your executive order or it's always your way and you're not giving any credence to like two different parenting styles in a home, that's not unusual. But if bio parents parenting style wins 100% of the time with their bio kids, then step parent holds no weight. Like it's irrelevant, like step parent becomes irrelevant in the parenting, right? Does that make sense? Am I saying that? Yeah. And it's just a breakdown of respect and your, your blended family ends up not being so blended. You know, you're becoming oil and water. You're sitting on top of one another. Yeah. Or yeah, it's his and hers at that point because, um, but I mean the reality of a blended family legally even if you don't like it emotionally or whatever, legally, bio parent has all the rights, all the responsibility as far as like, if you're, you know, legally, you're the bio parent has the the, the ultimate say, the ultimate say, and you're so, a lot like he man, you have the power. But that's and that's not even like to hurt anyone's feelings. That's just a fact. Like it doesn't, it's not offensive. It just is what is. And that is unique to blended family marriages. That's a hard one because you have to really honor and respect your spouse. And if you're marrying someone that you don't honor and you don't respect in parenting or in finances or in life, then that's something that you need to look at as well, right? Because I think that you should marry someone that you honor their parenting style. You know, you had these conversations before and you know how they're parenting and um, it's a hindrance and it can be really hard in a marriage because I think the biggest par- problem with the with this is that the other spouse feels disrespected. Amen, sister. I agree. So it is like, You just have to decide what culture you want in your home. Do you want separate living together or do you want as blended as possible and have that conversation? Take a look at what it is right now. If you're not happy with it, make a change. Have a conversation. Work towards making it what you guys want it to be. And have an honest conversation. Give your spouse the space to say, I want to be the leader of my kids. And I want you as a support. You have to know that. 
and be, be comforted and be fixed. Well, no, because you you need to you you need to know that you should stop fighting for it. Like if they, if your spouse, if you really want to blend and equally co-parent in your inside your home, and your spouse does not, the no wins, right? Like you you're never if he if they don't want to, then you banging your head against a wall makes no sense. You're, yeah, you're just not going to force them. You're not going to force it and you're only going to drive yourself mad and get a concussion in the process, right? So you have to be able to allow your spouse to be super honest. It will help you accept it and move on or reassess or whatever you need to do. But a lot of people don't like conflict. So spouses will say, no, I totally want to co-parent equally in the home. Like that's the right answer, but they really don't want to in their heart. And so I think you need to, when you're having this conversation with your spouse and you suspect that they really just don't want to, that they really like being the leader and the end-all be-all and the final say and it's their way with their kids, you know, set that up for them. Acknowledge that they might feel that way and then that will make them feel safe to let you know and then you know and you can stop chasing rainbows. And then you just have to accept it and know this is my place and I'm a support and okay, here we go. And you just have to adjust. But it's it's a hard thing to feel like you're trying to parent until you're not allowed to. Like you're parenting with one hand behind your back. You know? Fix it and move on. Oh my gosh, he just <laughs> shut down. He's like, I don't even know. I, you go on these tangents that... <laughs> Viewers get so mad if I interrupt you on, but I just let you go until like everything's been exhausted. And then like, I've had too many thoughts that my brain just. Well, it doesn't look like you're having any thoughts. Uh, that's it. I already went. <laughs> boom. Boom goes the dynamite. So you have nothing to add. Nope. Okay. Fix it and move on. All right. Lines blur in blended families and that can get confusing and frustrating when it comes to paying for things outside of child support. And have I know <laughs> I hear and having extra shared costs between two homes, is this a bio parent has the final say situation or a marriage finance thing? Do you understand the question? <laughs> <laughs> like do you need me to re say it yeah. a different way? No. I, it should be it should be a family financial situation like a I marriage mean, finance yes so that that should be the hierarchy is it should be a uh it should be the marriage and then it should be the parent having the say but at the end of the day it needs to make sense for the family it needs to make sense in your household before that parent has the ultimate say would you not agree no i fully agree okay i think that child support is a legal obligation yeah, exactly. Where not even the bio parent has the final say. The judge bio parent probably say. doesn't even want. <laughs> that, that's anyway. it. That's it. Yeah. But. but I think when, like, let's say if your ex was asking for $10,000. One. Oh. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you pay child support and then your ex is coming and, you know, and she has a good job and it can afford whatever, but she wants you to pay for something that. You would dis- I know you would come to me and we would have that discussion right before you just like this is what I'm doing final say because I'm the here, parent. We're done. Yeah, 
I feel like we both respect each other enough where we would at least like have a conversation about it. Here's a, you know, and make that decision together for our family. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's how it would play out in our situation. We don't deal with this a lot. Mm. We usually are the ones paying for things anyway. Yeah. But, 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 I feel like um, it just doesn't come up like and it's gotten better. Everyone's pretty like evened out as far as trying to. I don't know. B- we're blessed right now. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. As far um, as that. But but I think also you and I did go into our marriage knowing that. I'm kind of all in when it comes to providing you're all in when it comes to providing. It's never been in question. You've never been one to try to escape paying for your kids and neither have I. And this has nothing to do with the other parents. It has to do with you and I. I am all about being there and providing for my children and vice versa. You're about being there and providing for your children. So it's never really been a question and it's never, the tables have never never really been turned to where it has been something that's going to catch us off guard. If something starts being talked about, we automatically assume that somehow we're going to be financially responsible. We never talk about something financial for our children and rely on the other parents to do it. I feel personally, I feel like it's kind of irresponsible. Um, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, um, you know, uh, put my kids in something or, um, commit to something for my children, I'm going to do it with my own dollars, not someone else's. You You wouldn't go. Yes. I'm not going to go sign my kids up for something, send them away on a trip and be like, Oh, by the way, you're going to be the one who pays for this. And and you're the same way too. You know, we are, we just, we take responsibility for our kids. Again, this has nothing to do with, with our exes or anyone outside of us. It's just it's who we, just are, who as we are as parents. Yeah. yeah. But I think that if, if there was a substantial amount, like if we had to come up and pay something that affected our family for outside of like normal support or normal things, that would definitely be a discussion we would have to have with one another For sure, because you protect your marriage first. You protect your marriage over your children. You protect your marriage over your friends. You protect your marriage over your parents, over your exes, right? So you don't do anything intentionally that's going to cause harm to your marriage or your spouse. And so I think that's really, really important when you're making decisions that you're using your, I'm, I'm the bio parent. So that trumps everything. Well, that is kind of like a fuck you to your spouse. Thank you. No, it, no, it, thank you. It is a little bit. And sometimes it might be warranted, but that should be the exception. That should not be the rule. You know, the rule is you discuss everything and you respect your spouse enough to have conversations about everything. You should be talking every day as much as you can to your spouse. And a quick little tangent. I know we've talked about this before, but since we're talking about this and we're talking about protecting our marriages to everyone in, in anything, like I said, we've talked about this before, but what you put out there is what is going to be perceived by people. So if you go to your friends or your parents or whoever, and all you're doing is you're putting negativity out there about your spouse, about your relationship, about your family, my husband or my wife. It's all negative. That is what the world is going to see 
your spouse as. This is what the world is going to see your family as. Your your parents are going to think negatively about your spouse. Your friends are going to think negatively, negatively, that's my new word, about your spouse, you know, your friends, your coworkers, whoever. If that's what you're putting out there, that is what the world is going to see. So you don't necessarily want that. You want the world to think good of you. Don't talk, don't air your laundry to the world, to your friends, to your neighbors, to your coworkers, to whoever, Facebook, to Facebook and, and yeah, and write it all out there because that is how things are going to look. And then when you are in a tough, tough situation, all yeah. they're going to know is negative things about your yeah. spouse. Well, and I think on the, yes, I agree a thousand percent. I do think that it's okay to have someone or a couple people to be a safe place to be able to vent because mm-hmm. marriage is hard, you know, and sometimes you just need a different perspective. Like, I don't know what to do. Am I wrong? You know, do I, I think it's okay to have on the, fl- yes, but I mm-hmm. do think that if you don't, if you're not able to talk about something, you lose your shit. Right. You know, like so you who have would to you, have Who a would you safe suggest place. that safe place be? Like a therapist or mm. a best friend? I feel like that. best friends will run you down a rabbit hole if you take too much to them. Yeah, I think friends friends can work. I mean, I would say that, like for you, I would say your mom would be for someone sure. that you could confide in. For sure. Because, because she would always want the best for you. She would always, never, ever be like, divorce her or... For sure, Whatever. but she, but she's also strong enough that she'll tell me if I'm just acting a fool. Yeah, you know, if I'm being just foolish and I'm and right. I'm, and, you know, I'm running my mouth and I'm just venting. Yeah, you know, she'll be like, "Yes, I hear you, but look yeah. at it this way." You know, and she'll she'll show me both sides of it. Right. Um. Which, and, but again, I try not to do that often. But you also need to know your audience. Like, if you're gonna vent to someone. If, if it's a good enough friend, you know how they're going to take it, how they're going to react with it. Yeah. You know who they are as people, or at least you should if they're that close of a right. friend. You should know that if your friend is like, pick smart people who know that you're only giving one side of the story. Right. Like they're still going to like love your spouse when they see them. Right. You know, it's, it's a camaraderie where you have an understanding like, um, you know, you vent, but you're like, I'm, I love my, I'm never like, I'm not leaving my marriage. Like, you know, I, I think also I'm not you telling need, you this for a way out. Yeah. I'm not telling you this because I'm, I'm leaving my marriage or I don't love my husband. I'm just, the situation is really difficult and fucking annoying because blended Here family life is really, really hard. So I think that you need to have, cause not everyone can afford a therapist, right? but you have to talk and it's not, how about a life coach? You, you can have a life coach. But I think that you can't talk to your spouse like you're fucking pissing me off and annoying. <laughs> and like I that, do, but you get so offended yeah, if I like do. It doesn't go- <laughs> I've tried it recently. You're like, "What's your problem?" <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> but right, like your spouse isn't the you can't vent to your spouse about your spouse. Or can you? I, I mean, tell you when you're asleep, and like, like you, you just be. you ignore me all the time. I fart you're on just, you. Yeah, I'm sleeping. Yes, <laughs> blaming all the dogs. <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, ideally you could go to your spouse with anything, but sometimes you can't vent to them about themselves. Like, it right. causes problems. People are offended. You know, they, they're they not in a space to even hear it, that you're upset. Um, and I think that you have to get it out somehow. 
So I think that you don't air your grievances to everyone. You don't write it out on Facebook. Especially like, social media. What right. you put out there is what you put out there is important, but I think that you have to have trusted confidants that <laughs> is that not right? <laughs> what the pinky up. I don't know. I say the wrong word all the time. No, it was great. It's great. It was just the super special way of saying it. You know, you have to have trusted people in your life that you can share, you know, one or two people that you feel like you can open up and they're going to take it with a grain of salt and take it like love you both. I think it's really important in a marriage to have, and this is something that I pray for for us Mm -hmm. specifically, to have other strong married couples. Because it's different when you're talking to another married couple couple who's also struggled they'll give you advice to keep you know they're more like it's important to fellowship with other married couples and that align with you and have the same that you can hang out as a foursome and you can have like a camaraderie between you and and you know have other other married couples who are going to look out for both of you that you could trust I don't know it matters so um, I think that that's a really good thing for marriages it's really hard when um you know you're married and hanging out with with non-married people which a lot of my friends brooke you know is one of my closest friends and she's not married at this point shame on you brooke (sighs) (laughs) but i'm just saying i don't want to diminish my friend i have like i have friends who are single and love them like sisters um but I think that it's also really important that you surround yourself with married couples. And I think that, that you all can hang out. Does that make sense? I think that yeah, helps totally. marriage. And you know what? And, and I mean, just being on this subject right now, be the type of friend that you want people to be to you. So if one of your friends comes to you and they're, they're airing their laundry to you, maybe slow them down and, and, and show them the other side. You know, maybe they are only bringing you that one side but try to be the one that changes their thought process or, you know, and, and helps them to see the other side, you know, and sometimes that can work too. Um, but be the friend that you want your friends to be. Yeah. All right. Last thing really quick. If you can't talk openly and respectfully about each other's children, is there hope for the marriage? Is there hope for the children? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a that's a really hard place because everyone gets so offended, and we've talked about this. I mean, we've had full podcasts. It, on there's this before. very few things that you care more about than your children, or can be offended about more than like don't you know, mama bear thing is a real thing, right? Yeah, like the dogs. <laughs> I love my pup. I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the, don't mess with her her pup pups or, or her about children. Them. I know I make fun of one of our dogs because he is just a little, you know what. I love him. He loves me. But every time I say something offensive about him, you get so mad at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. You hurt his little feelings. I don't. He has no idea what I'm saying, but he is being what I'm telling him. He's being. Anyway. Anyways. So I think that you have to be able to talk openly, but there has to be respect. I think people want to talk openly and be like, F your kid, they're such an a-hole and so annoying and I'm just up, you know, like it's such an attack when we talk, you know, and I get it because by the time you're brave enough to talk to your spouse about their child, you're so overflowing with like 
whatever negative emotion that's surrounding it, you know, because it's such a scary thing to go to your spouse and talk to them about their kid. It can well, be. And let's just be honest about our kids. Like, I mean, I know we all have perfect kids, but are they really perfect? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's honest. Like, let's be honest. Like, our let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> let's be friends. Let's be friends. <laughs> yeah, shake, thanks. Shake on it. Um, so I think that, you know, you should be able to open talk openly about each other's kids, but I think the expectation that it's respectful, you know, and coming from a place of love. If you can't talk about it from a place of love, like wanting to help this child, like I just care about him or her and what's best for them, and I don't think that this is best for them or why are they behaving this way, it's unusual, or it's that, you know, like – you have to come at it respectfully, but no, you can't go to your spouse and be like they unleash <laughs> wrath of hell about their kid and expect them to be like, oh, thank you for telling me. I'll go ahead and take care of that now. <laughs> they left their light on for the week <laughs> and they've been gone. <laughs> you took care of it. You turned it off. They're not here. What do you mean to do? Go to, like, where what would you like? No, me I know. To do? But but so so there's things like that where I'm like, I'm outside locking up. One of the vehicles tonight, and I'm like, "Cool, <laughs> the lights on in the room that's been closed off." But you can't like for me to get so angry and flip out about that on you. The kids aren't here. Would have been totally just a waste of fresh air. Like, I mean, what is that going to solve? It puts you in a corner about your kid getting defensive. It gets me angry. And at the end of the day, like, what's it going to solve? How are we going to fix it? Like, no, it's better just to be like, hey, you know, I go turn it off, you go turn it off, whatever it is, and we'll talk to the kid about it later, but it doesn't have to be some big old fight, right? Yeah. So if you can't talk to your spouse about something, it's probably not a good sign in your marriage. Whether it's finances, the ex, each other's children, how you feel about parenting. Elaborate on that, though. Okay, so it's not a good sign, but does that mean that you're like, all right, that's your sign to get out of here? Like, no, that's no, your sign it, to, yeah. to start talking about it. That's your sign to start figuring it out and figuring out why you can't talk to your spouse and what you're going to do to fix it. That's not your sign to be like, that's a good sign to leave. There's no, there's very little good sign to leave. I mean, truly, everyone thinks that all these stupid little signs, all these all these negatives, because more is going against us than is going for us. Like, let's just face it, 2020 <laughs> against us and everything that has come with it. 21's not, not much for better sure. for, for people. It's all pointing negative. Like, is that what we're all going to do? Like, do we all just throw up our hands and run away? Like, no. Like, let's figure out what's not working and what we can fix. It's just like having debt. Like, just because you're in so much debt, like, does everyone that you know in debt file bankruptcy? No, that's for very few people. If you're in debt, you figure out, okay, where do we start? How do we chip away at this till we have no debt? Like that's just like your marriage. What's what are the little things that we can fix? Let's fix the fixable things, the very controllable things first, and then we'll work on the bigger issues. But let's start getting things under control because if all things are pointing to leave, like let's let's figure them out now. Yeah. It's like the dentist. <laughs> for who <laughs> no but it's like you know when you go i i'm queen of cavity queen apparently of yeah 
But um, you didn't have any cavities today. I'm I proud didn't, of you. Thank you. Um, but I think it's like when your dentist is, or when you take your kids to the dentist, right? And there's a weak spot on the tooth, and they they can see that if you don't floss and if you don't brush every day. Um, he's flossing, dancing, if you are listening and not watching us. Um, they tell you there's a weak spot and even when there's a cavity, so say you didn't floss well and so now there's a hole, we don't rip the tooth out immediately, right? Like Eric is saying, like actually having to get rid of a tooth because it's too holy to keep in your head is rare. (laughs) Just pray to it. But right, so then you get... A filling. Yeah. And then ripping the it out is your last option and it doesn't happen often. Right. And so, yes, it's not a good look on your marriage if you can't talk about stuff. It doesn't mean the marriage is over or bad or you got to rip it out, right? It just means there's a weak spot. So, fluoride that shit, floss it, brush it. Floss it. Floss you know, you got to do the work and then you can either prevent a hole. Or you plug the hole with something really strong. <laughs> Keep your circle tight. <laughs> and, oh, that one was for you, Brooke. <laughs> and then, you know, it's okay. It's The tooth is in the mouth. It's in the mouth. That's all it's I got. all in the mouth. Drop the mic. I'm okay. done. Okay, cool. Then that one. Oh, man, we are really early in on the song. We're going to come out and just listen to that. It's like right where we left off. It's right where we left off, you guys. Nobody knows what that means. I don't either. <laughs> Anyways, we are The Blended Life. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you liked this show, don't forget to subscribe. Hit that thumbs up button. Leave reviews. Guys, we are really needing your reviews. Good reviews. Don't leave bad reviews. reviews. <laughs> or these. <laughs> if you don't like us, just don't say anything. Don't listen. <laughs> Keep your negative comments to yourself. No, you know yeah. what? We've had some really nice reviews. And thank you if you are listening and you've left one of those reviews because there's been quite a few of you guys like thank you we truly 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 appreciate it Mm. they all get read all the comments get read they all get replied to and we just we're grateful for that you guys thank you guys so anyways for your support yeah so buy my color street nail strips if you can (laughs) the shameless bills to pay oh my gosh thank you guys and we will see you next week bye bye Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.